0: this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media, at my Sanctuary LA, and enjoy the message. Let's jump into the word. John chapter 11. And um, I got some scriptures that will be on the screen. You can open the app, they are in there as well. And um, we, got some, some, we got all the points and the scriptures in the app. So you can head over there, and the Bible's in the app as well. Just don't go closing that and then going over to Instagram while I'm preaching. Okay, somebody say amen. <laughs> You're like, well, I'm posting the, the quote. Um, okay, no posting in service. No, I'm just kidding. But there you go, it's in the app, and um, you can go there and follow along. Divine interruptions. Look at your neighbor and tell him God's about to interrupt something. Look back at him and say, will you let him? Will you let him? Okay. So I'm just going to give you um, a little backstory here before we go into uh, verse 17. I'm going to read some of the verses before that, but let me pray first in John. Out of John chapter 11, that is our text this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray for revelation. I pray, God, that you ignite something inside your people. I pray that you stir up every gift and ability in them. Lord, I pray that just as uh, Peter preached in the book of Acts and people were filled with the Holy Spirit and nobody even laid hands on him. I pray that through the preaching of the word, you'd fill people with the Holy Spirit. Father God, I pray that you would do something in their heart. Lord, I, I-, I pray you would renew our minds. But God, if you can get to our heart, there's, there's no problem with our mind following up with what you're doing in the core and the soul and the spirit of who we are so I pray for impartation I pray not just information is relayed but impartation of the spirit is deposited inside of us in Jesus name somebody say amen here we go so John chapter 11 we're going to talk about Lazarus Okay, and Jesus was friends with his sisters, Martha and Mary. You know the couple, Martha and Mary stories in the Bible. One was worshiping, one was serving. This one serving was complaining that the other one was worshiping. Um, somebody say church folk. And then there's another, there's another situation where it shows Mary was weeping at Jesus' feet. So they, they were connected to Jesus. They had some, you know, they were in his personal space. They were his friends, if you will. Um, and um, they reported to to Jesus that their brother was sick, uh, Lazarus. Was sick and Jesus found out about this. And I'm going to read out of verse four. If you're actually in that, in that chapter, um, John chapter 11, verse four, it says, When Jesus heard that, heard that Lazarus was sick, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Verse five. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister, Mary, and Lazarus. And what's interesting here is as we get into this, I just want to really encourage you with some, with some stuff out of this story. But what's interesting is Jesus said out when they approached him, they sent word, if you will, if they, they prayed, if you will, they reached out to God himself and says, my brother is sick. And Jesus said, this sickness isn't unto death. But if you look at the story, the reality is he did die. And not that Jesus was lying, but Jesus saw something different. He he did die. Lazarus ended up in the tomb. And he was actually there for four days, as we'll continue to read. That he was in the he he was he died. And Jesus said, Jesus always sees something we don't see. And many times the word of God, when you hear from God, when he puts something in you, and then you go through something, you're going to be like, what I'm going through has, is directly opposed and contrary to what he told me last week. Somebody say amen. amen. Has God ever told you something? And you find yourself in a situation after he told you. And you're like, wait a minute. God, you said he wasn't going to die. You said it wasn't unto death. But that they might be. That, that he might be glorified through it. And this is the thing here. Is, is that Jesus will get as much glory in your life as, you're, as you allow him to take you through things. Somebody say amen. I know it's quiet. And, and it's not quiet because it's raining. It's quiet because you're just processing that. Amen. But think about this. That he got word. The man wasn't dead yet. Jesus says not unto death. But that the Son would be glorified through it. Through it. That God's glory in the earth will come when God's sons and daughters are willing to walk with Him through it. Mm -hmm. Through it through it. You ever heard the term like, um, you know, people are talking and somebody they know is going through some things and they're like, how's so-and-so doing? You're like, they're going through it. Has anybody ever said that? Or have you ever told that to people? How are you doing? I'm good, but I'm going through it. And many times we say that as a negative, like, yeah, she's going through it. (laughs) Or they might even be in the room and somebody said just one little thing, it pushed a little button and that person just... And you're like, oh, Lord. And you said in your heart, they must be going through it. Because that, cause that had nothing to do with them. Why are they true? Anybody ever get a... Anybody ever flip your switch and you trigger? Or they pull the trigger and... BAM! Something comes out and you're like... Um, wait, did, did I say that? Was that, Whoa, Jesus, forgive me? Did I just do that in front of those people? Somebody say amen. amen. But he says not unto death but that the son would be glorified through it. And the reason I believe that God's not getting the glory is because God's people are unwilling to go through it. We give up too soon. Give up too soon. You file for divorce too soon. You give up on that person too soon. You give up on yourself too soon. You give up on, on, on God too soon. You give up on Christian community too soon. And if we want God to get glory in Boyle Heights, we got to be willing as a community to go through it. Now, I don't know what it is for you or what it is all the time, but we're going to go through it. Somebody say amen. God's going to get the glory in my marriage. Why? Because there's some things in my future that I'm going to go through, and then he's going to get glory. This Wednesday, my wife and I are celebrating 10 years of marriage. Woo! Look, y'all are happy, but you don't know what we've been through okay 10 years it's been beautiful it's been great but it but but we don't wake up every morning and all day like oh yeah marriage oh yeah so wonderful so beautiful so amazing my husband's so amazing all the time so I say, said amen babe come on say amen on the front row girl come on where you at? right but go through why we? I said 10 years y'all went woo, yeah glory Glory to God, right? But we had to go, We had to get here. It took us 10 years to get here. We're fitting to celebrate. Come on, somebody. We're going to celebrate. All right? We're going to celebrate. But, and that's awesome. That's beautiful. All right? Uh, but, but you got to go through it. Look at this. We're, I'm not even... This ain't even one of my scriptures. I was just meditating on this yesterday. I was like, wait, let me stop here. Let me hang out here first before I get to the meat of the message is that this is it right here. God was about to interrupt a funeral. But he wasn't going to just do it in a moment. He had to take his people through a process. He had to take Mary through it. Had to take um, Martha through it. Had to take the people comforting them through it. Took the whole community through a process so he can get some glory. I'm here to tell you right he took Lazarus through a process too. Because that joker was in the grave for four days. That's called a process. Somebody say amen. Anybody feel like you're locked away in a cave right now and you're wrapped in grave clothes? Well, I'm here to tell you it's a process. Unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. Somebody say, "Go through it." Look at your neighbor and tell him, "Go through it." Look at your neighbor and tell him, "Say, don't be afraid of death." All right. Look, that's how God works. Life always, when God causes death, when God orchestrates a death in your life, a relationship, an attitude. Somebody say, "Amen." a way of thinking, or whatever it is, God's process. He will always take somebody through a process of death, but it's a process, and you will come out the other side, alive, coming out, coming out alive. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm coming out of this grave, so through it, all right? And then, and then his disciples say, yo, those guys, the, rabbi, the rabbis, the religious people are gonna stone you. They're trying to kill you. Jesus, you're trying to go back there? Why are you going to go back there? Are you going there again? And Jesus said, yes, my friend Lazarus sleeps. I believe there's something. He talking about this dude is dead. And Jesus like, guys, oh, he's just sleeping. He's just sleeping. All right? Sometimes I'll fall asleep while watching a movie at the house. And my wife's like, I, were you sleeping? I was like, no, I wasn't sleeping. I was just resting my eyes, didn't fall asleep. It's, I know. Somebody said, oh, no, no. Yeah, pray for me. But he, there's such a thing as divine optimism that one minute he's saying it's not unto the death. The The next minute he says, oh, I'm going to go wake my friend up. He's sleeping. His disciples really thought he meant sleeping. Like, why are you going to risk your life to go wake your friend up from a nap? Jesus, you're kind of throwing us out. That's what they literally thought. He's like, all right, guys, he's dead. He's dead. That's what he said. He's, Jesus is like, okay, cool. All right, guys. Look, you guys, you guys aren't getting this, shallow believers. Just come with me. I know what I'm doing. But I believe there's something in the heart of God. There's divine optimism that I believe we need to have as Christians. That when people approach us with situations, I, you know, uh, when I get around some of my biological family that aren't saved and walking with God, I get encouraged <laughs> that how optimistic the people I am that I'm around because I talk to people outside of faith and their perspective is so different than just what I we naturally how we naturally talk. Uh, they we'll get on the phone and they're like, yeah, so and so sick. They're about to die. So and so's leg. So and so's hip. So and so's this. So and so's crazy. So like I'm like, oh, my goodness, Lord, we're praying for him. <laughs> God, God, God can do a miracle. Believe him for miracles. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're around certain people, I'm like, oh my goodness, praise the Lord. I, I'm not as negative as I thought I was. But Jesus would say, hey, just sleeping. And then he says, okay, okay. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. The Bible says he waited two more days. Two more days. And here's my first point. Here's my first point. Everything God does is on his timing. Everything God does is in his timing. I said everything God does is in his timing. We can't manipulate God's time clock. Now now we can pray and seek God. I'm here to tell you right now, you get in God. You won't be worried about his time clock. It's when we're in the flesh, in our own emotions, in our own soul, and in our own earthly, fleshly desires and caught up in something that is outside of his will that we try to strong arm the will of God. And then we have to kind of clean up the mess afterwards and say, Lord, forgive me. Okay, let me get back. on course, thank you, Lord, for your grace. Can anybody relate to me? But but he waited two days. He waited for him to die. He says, I'm glad he's dead. What kind of God is that? He says "I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there, that you may believe. Well, God gets happy when He takes us through a process. <laughs> because He sees the result. And sometimes we, in our limited thinking and perception of the way of the will of God, Jesus said right here in verse 15, "I'm glad for your sakes." That I did not come through when you thought I would. <laughs> Somebody say God is good. God is good. All, the All, the All the time. All the time. No, you're supposed to say God is good after that. Anyway, come on, guys, wake up. Is the rain that, that does that to you that much? We got coffee out there. Don't go now afterwards. Get some coffee. We have some coffee and, and, some, and some cookies out there. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Okay, let us go to him. Okay, let's go to verse 17. My first point is what? Say it again. Say it, say it with me. Everything God does is in his timing. Everything God does is in his timing. You can trust his time clock. He knows what he's doing. Um, he created this thing that scientists, scientists call time-space continuum. And we are just living through it in him. I, I, I think the one that inhabits eternity knows how to work this thing called time for our benefit in his will. Somebody say Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them I trust his timing. Verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles away. Verse 18. Verse 19. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother.
1: Everything
0: God does is in his time and stayed two days. Said he was glad I wasn't there just yet because I'm about to do something, but I'm not just gonna do something for Lazarus. I'm gonna do something for everybody connected to Lazarus. God knows what he's doing. All right, let's go to verse 33. All the way down to verse 33. It says, therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, he saw Mary and Mary came there. Um, She fell down at his feet. And she was saying, Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, this is verse 32, my brother wouldn't have died. Have you ever had those kind of conversations with God? God, why? If if I believe in you and this girl's hanging out with him, he loves them. And she said, if you were here, he would have lived. Has anybody asked those kind of questions to God? If God, if why? And he said, verse 34, no, verse 33, therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping and weeping there, it means literal tears. It's actual tears. All right, like I know when my kids are really crying and when they put it on. And I look at them for a minute, and then they smile. I'm like, "Nope, not manipulating, Daddy, today." Somebody say, "Amen." They, they know how. I'm like, "Dad, you pushing that out?" Where, come on, parents. Where's the parents at? Come on, say, "Kids, you do it to your parents." So say, "Amen, kids." Come on, come on. Some of you, all us grown folks, we do it to God. Oh God, what am I gonna do? <laughs> And God's like, ah, those ain't tears. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Get up. Look at your neighbor and say, get up. Yeah. Come on now. Get up. <laughs> All right. He, he groaned. The Bible says he saw them weeping because they were really crying. And he groaned in the spirit. He groaned. And he was troubled. That word troubled means, um, in, the, in the Greek, it means to be emotionally agitated from getting stirred up on the inside. It means to be upset. Jesus Was touched he knew the outcome but he was touched and this is my second point is you can be in faith you can be in faith and have an emotional moment all at the same time (laughs) anybody have an emotional moment lately Jesus himself the son of God he wept he was emotionally agitated but it did not take him out of faith And there's nothing wrong. It's not a sin to have an emotional moment. When, when those things start to control us, that's a different story. But this man, the son of God, the son of man had an emotional moment because he saw, he was touched, he was hurt by what was happening. But you can have, you can be in faith and have an emotional moment all at the same time. Hallelujah. You don't have to try to act like Mr. and Mrs. um, um, Holy Ghost Jr. all the time. You don't have to be Jesus Jr. all the time. You don't have to put it, put something on that isn't really what's going on inside. Jesus in the process as a man was, was willing and it was perfectly normal and okay to have a moment in the middle of the process. If you were to look at this chapter like a process, it's right in the middle of the chapter. And he groans and he's troubled in the middle of it. He groaned in the spirit and he was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. Uh, verse 35, Jesus wept. You can be in faith and have an emotional moment all at the same time. You can, you, you can be troubled by what's going on around you, church, and still remain in faith. It didn't get him off course. He was still on his way. He had a moment, but you notice the question he asks is, where, where have you laid him? Where is that dead thing? I'm coming after it. She, he, he had a moment, but he's able to stay on course. And I want us in, in, in the church community, in this community, that, that you need to have those moments, but don't allow those moments to, to rob you of the momentum of getting to where God's taking you. Amen? Have them. Please have them. You know, please open up. Have those moments. I, I'm here to say, even in relationships, he did it in a context of people seeing it. Jesus. The Son of God was willing to be vulnerable as a man around people, to mourn in front of people, and we don't have to just bolster up, you know, and just try to, I got it together, and we spiritualize that, and really, we're, we're not really um, uh, being healthy, vulnerable, we're not confessing our fault to one another so we can be healed, we're, we're like, oh yeah, God is good. Hallelujah. And inside there's there's something you're guarding. And Jesus was able to release, to weep where actual tears in front of everybody that was there. Verse 34 and 36. And he said, where have you laid him? And I want to encourage you that on the road of obedience, Jesus was weeping on the way to make a difference. And just like uh, Venetia was saying in the welcome, that walking with God isn't always easy. And this wasn't easy for Jesus as a man. He was weeping. He was troubled. He he groaned. But he was on the way. And I'm here to tell you, on the road of obedience, on the road of your life, for you to make a difference in somebody's life, there's going to be some tears along the way. There is going to be some tears along the way. And, and you got to understand that just because there's tears doesn't mean it's not the will of God. And just because it's difficult at times time doesn't mean it's not the will of God. And just because you don't understand everything that's happening right there in the moment does not mean, because as the, as the Bible says in the beginning, when Jesus, in the beginning of this chapter, when Jesus heard, it says that he would be glorified through it. He's going to be glorified through it. Look at verse 37. Here we go. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? So you got the haters and the naysayers and the doubters and the unbelievers um, speaking. It's not a real word. Um, He's on his way. And you got people saying, and, and some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? So here comes the negative talk. I'm here to tell you right now that when you're in the stretch of something God had said and it has not quite manifested, the devil will open his mouth in your most vulnerable moment. He was vulnerable. He just was crying. Jesus was weeping. Jesus was troubled. Jesus groaned. The miracle didn't happen. Everybody thinks Jesus is coming to comfort people and to leave that boy in the grave. And then you got people going, man, if this is the son of man, I mean, he did it for other people. Why won't he do it for you? And that's what the devil will lie. He say, oh, look at so-and-so. Look what God did for them. Why don't he do that for me? Look at God. You know, look, what, you know, look, what, look what's happening with them. Why can't that happen with me? And that's, that was the context of the, of the agitation, of the voice of doubt, the voice of the enemy, whatever you want to call it. Um, you got to shut down the voice of the enemy, when you're going from, when you're in a place in the in-between of what God said and what he's going to really perform and do in your life, you got to shut down the lies of the devil. You got to shut that down. And here's my third point is don't allow others to corrupt what God is about to interrupt. Because God's going to interrupt some things in your future. God's going to interrupt the pathway of your life with His goodness, with life, with blessing, with provision, with open doors, with discovering what God has put inside of you. And in on the journey, the voice of the enemy is going to speak. He, he's going to try His best to put you down, to discourage you. And in that, that time, if you notice, when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, it was then that the devil tempted Him and spoke to Him. Him, but once he went through it, he came out in the power of the Spirit. Don't allow others to corrupt what God is about to interrupt. Don't. If you have to change some of your social context, if you got people around you that are speaking death, doubt, unbelief, and constant negativity, I'm here to tell you, you need to set some boundaries. And you need to say, I'll see you at church. You can sit on the right side and I will sit on the left side. Look at me. I want to be surrounded with people that are speaking faith. I don't need to be talking to people that don't believe in marriage when I'm going through something in my marriage. Somebody say amen. I don't need to be talking, I don't need to be hearing the voice of somebody talking to me about how, um, you know, church did me wrong and you know all Christians are fake and they're all hypocrites. Nope. The devil is a liar. I'm going to get around some people that are speaking faith, that believe in what God put inside of me, that 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 believe at times more about what God put in me than I myself. Somebody say amen. You got to get around some people that jar you in the spirit, that encourage you. You got to get around some Gabbies that's just going to release joy all over you. It's going to challenge the lies of the devil speaking to you. All right? And she's single too, so all you single men out there, (laughs) she's a woman of God, I'm just saying. All right? We'll just put that out there, just leave it alone. But you got to get around some faith people. Somebody say amen. If you're struggling with joy and you're always, oh no, man, I don't know, you got to find somebody that will, that will interrupt that. You need divine interrupters in your life. If you're like always like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Oh, no, I don't know, my bank account, my work, my people at work. Oh, no, my church. Oh, no, I'm late. Oh. You need to get around some people that have some peace that, 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 are, just, that are just cool. That got like a calm spirit on them. Somebody say amen. Some of you folks that are too calm, you need somebody with a little fire in them around you. You're too chill. Come on, somebody. You you, you talk like you on vacation all the time. You talk like you was born and raised in Hawaii. Or Samoa. No, I'm just kidding. But you got to get around people that interrupt the deficiencies in your character. Somebody say amen. You gotta get around people, man, that, that have faith. If you're, if you're always bogged down in the reality of things. This is the thing. When Jesus said that it's not unto death, the fact is the man died. The truth is that he wasn't gonna stay there. And there's a difference between reality and truth. Truth is a spiritual power. And you have, as a believer, have to take truth and speak it when reality is contrary. You got to talk about you can you can't be talking about the i can't and i couldn't and i didn't and my mama didn't. You need to talk about the i am in Christ and i am more than a conqueror and i am anointed and I am uniquely gifted and called and I am loved of God and I am in the body of Christ and I am accepted in the beloved and I am on the road of obedience and I am going to fulfill the call of God on my life and I am going to bust the devil upside his head. Come on now. All right. Verse 38. Jesus again groaning in himself. Here we're almost done. Came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Mm, Jesus was looking prophetically at his future, because it was a stone that was rolled away just sometime after this. It said, take away the stone. Jesus didn't take away the stone. Here you go. I'm going to teach you something here. The community took away the stone. The people connected to the dead person took away the stone. Jesus didn't take away the stone. Jesus is the life giver. But God needs a community that's going to remove the barriers between who's dead and where Jesus is. Amen. Come on, somebody. Say amen. amen. Jesus said, move the stone. Stone is a prophetic symbol in scripture to the tablets, the law, religion. Jesus, We as a community need to take religion out of the way so Jesus can touch dead people. And the main thing that gets in the way of people touching Jesus is a stone. It's always been a stone. It's a religious stone. They throw stones. The law was written on stone. And Jesus said, move the stone. Jesus came to fulfill the law in Christ and give us grace to live it, not to put it as a barrier to keep dead people from him. He said, remove the stone. The one barrier between us and the people that aren't here and the people that haven't discovered who Jesus is and the people that haven't discovered this community here is not Jesus. It is a stone. It's religions in the way. People, how many people have told you, I mean, I can't go to church. That thing will fall down. Anybody ever said that? Man, uh, God will strike that place. I've got issues. You know what I tell them? I said, he hasn't struck it yet, and I have issues, and I'm there all the time. Yeah. Somebody say man, yeah. You got to roll the stone away. You got to get that thing out of the way. Back then, rabbis weren't allowed to touch dead people. You couldn't touch a dead thing. You weren't allowed to. It wasn't in the law. And Jesus showing up to the him, roll away the stone. Let's do some stuff here. Let's start touching dead things. I'm here to tell you right now, we as a community, we don't exist for me. And I'm going to challenge you right now. We don't exist for you. We exist for the people that aren't here yet. Why are we here? We're here for the dead people. I see dead people. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, I see dead people. I'm talking about spiritually dead outside of Christ. He was there to minister to them, but he was there for the dead man. He was there to perform a miracle. We're here for the people that aren't here yet. And we're going to get to a place where we're going to need to do more than one service. And I'm asking you to give your seat up and go to the service nobody wants to go to, which will be 9 a.m. Because we want the dead people in 11 a.m. We want a room full of dead people. Come on, somebody. I said, come on, somebody. You were dead. You were once dead. You were broke, busted, and disgusted. Come on, somebody. Somebody say amen. Just because you've been in church for a minute, don't mean you got it all together. And sometimes you got to remember the grave you came out of. Yes. You were all up in a grave, just like Lazarus. Jesus, is like, look, all y'all that came out the grave that got a relation with me, get the stone out the way so I can touch somebody. Come on, Come on somebody, yes. everybody, get some dead people in here. Hallelujah! Don't tell them that. Yes, my pastor would like me to invite you to our church. Why? Um, He told me you're dead. We want dead people. We want zombies. Not zombies. We don't want zombies. You guys hearing what I'm saying? He said, Take away the stone. Take away the stone. Compel them to come in. Reach them. Break the barriers. This is my third point remove the barriers. Remove the barrier. That's what he said remove the barrier. Martha, the sister of whom he was dead. Now, this is his sister talking, just like a sister. Gia does it to Nico all the time. Said to him, Lord, this is his sister. By this time, there is a stench. That boy stinks. And if we're going to reach people, it's going to get stinky. Yeah, you guys don't want that, huh? You want church to be nice and cute all the time. You want it to be all nice and pretty all the time. When I came to church, I was stinky. I was stanky. Somebody say amen. You, you showed up to church just clean and pristine, just floating in here like an angel? The devil is a liar. Anybody a hot mess when you came to Jesus? Oh, my goodness. I got a handful of honest people. Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time, by this time, there's a stench, for he has been dead four days. My beautiful daughter Giovanna has wonderful language, and um, it's hilarious sometimes, but her language is this when something stinks, she says, Dada, it smells stinks. <laughs> it smells stinks. Now, we're not gonna expose the person that was stinky at the time. It's not about that. It smells stinks. Look at your neighbor and say, It smells stinks. <laughs> this is a thing. If we're going to reach people it's going to be messy and and we need to be a community that's okay with messy that's okay with stinky it's come on now come on now I know we got air fresheners in here it's going to be okay but what I'm saying is when you start touching dead people when you remove that stone it's going to get you know why that stone's there because people don't want messy people don't want messy but guess what we as a community We're okay with messy because we're after life. We're after changing lives. And if we're going to change lives, we got to be, we got to open, we got to remove religion out of the way and allow the dead thing to come forth and be okay with the little stinky. You got to remove the barriers. And I'm here to tell you right now, if you're dealing with anything in your life, we are not going to put a stone over you and keep you shut up in that. We're saying, come on out. Let's do life. Let's pray for you. We are here to help you. We are here to see you walk out what God has called you to walk out. We are. Jesus is going to give you life, and we're going to help remove the barriers. And we're gonna we're gonna go arm in arm, even if you a little stinky for a minute. But the goal is that you ain't stinky for long. Somebody say amen. All right, here we go. We're almost done. Verse 40. I'm waiting a little long because my wife wanted to pray a lot during ministry time, so it's her fault. So verse 40. It's okay. She's pregnant. You know what I'm saying? It's all right. Anybody receive from my wife's prayers and all that? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Right. See. Okay. Verse 40. I'm almost done. Are you guys all right? It's raining. Is it raining outside? Okay. It's cool. It, it isn't? How do you know, Michael? How do you know it's not raining? Uh, <laughs> All right, it's raining, guys. I got two more hours. We'll take a break, come back in. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus said to her, verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you? Did I not say? Did I not say? You're believing for your son. God's saying, did I not say? you believing for a breakthrough. Did I not say? Believing for your business to get off the ground. Did I not say? Believing for a spouse. Did I not say? Come on. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Glory through it. Somebody say glory through it. Glory through it. You ain't going to get no glory if you don't go through it. You got to go through it to get the glory. You got to go through it for God to get glory. You got to go through it. You're, you're a seed. He, you need to die and you need to die and to break, and allow God to break you and mold you and make you and allow God to water you and so you can spring up some fruitful Olive tree, start bearing olives. Then then you start bearing fruit. Then he crushes the olives. Breaks you down some more so oil can come out. So anointing can flow. Somebody say, break me, Lord. Then they took away away the stone. They took away the stone. They took away the stone. We're going to be a community known for taking away the stone. Let the stinky people come. From the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. It's a beautiful prayer. Fathers out there, I believe we need to pray like that in front of our kids. I I believe this is a model prayer. I felt this in my spirit when I was reading this earlier this week. This is a model prayer for our kids that we pray out loud. Lord, I thank you that you hear me. They need to know that you have confidence as a man of God that God hears you. And say it that way. Father, I know that you hear me. And I know that you always hear me. Come on, that's some faith there. We need to start praying like that. Next time somebody (laughs) asks you to pray for them, Father, I know that you hear me. You know how much weight that carries? My goodness. Father, I know that you hear me. Man. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus. Come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, the community, not Jesus didn't do this part. Jesus spoke life. But the community unwrapped him. The community, he came out bound. Sometimes I think when God saves somebody, we expect so much from them in that moment. And how long has it taken you to get where you're at? Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Jesus brought life to Lazarus. But it was those around him that loosed him from what, was bound, what bound him. Jesus spoke life to him, saved him, if you will, brought him out of the grave, brought the man out of the grave. And Jesus handed it to him, handed this person to a community that was bound, stinky, wrapped. And he's like, y'all take care of that. You guys ready for this? Amen? Let's walk with people. Let's journey with people in their, in their walk with God. And I know there's some people in here today, and you say, Pastor Sean, I feel like I'm right there. I feel like I'm, I'm coming to church, and maybe you just came today for the, for the first time, or first time in a long time. And you're like, man, I, I, need, I, need, to, I need some people around me to help wrap the, get this stuff off of me, to help kind of walk me into my, to loose me and to let me go. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.